and welcome to another episode of the Weishi Coaching Radio Show and Podcast. Today my special guest is Tom from The Unstoppable Mindset. Change your mindset, change your life. Anything is possible, you just have to ask yourself exactly what it is you want. Tom's mission is to awaken you to the truth that you are not your mind, help you rise above the challenges, circumstances of the modern day world, find your happiness and find your peace. With the emerging epidemic of mental health issues, there has never been a better time for change. Let us inspire you, ignite the flame of, imp- of passion from within and guide you forward on a path of self-discovery. We all have a power within us, the power to create or the power to destroy. Unstoppable Mindset will help you to discover your power to create a new life, a new way and a brighter future for the sake of your loved ones and a future generation. Join us on our quest for good mental health, happiness and inner peace. So you can find out more on unstoppablemindset.co.uk and the first thing I asked Tom is to explain to us a little bit about his story and how he came up with Unstoppable Mindset. Hope you enjoy. Um, Unstoppable Mindset started off as, um, as something and has developed into something uh, bigger, uh, far deeper I think than what it originally was. Um, I mean, to give you some background, I've been in the fitness industry for uh, 17 years. So I started off my career working as a fitness instructor in some local health clubs around the sort of Staines and Chertsey area. And um, I was getting into that career, you know, shortly after the, the spell of like a, a long, wild stint of, you know, which started in my teenage years. Uh, going up to the age of 18 where it really started getting quite serious into the kind of club scene, rave scene and the recreational drug scene and um, that kind of took over my life as well as when I was at school I had quite a lot of drive and quite a lot of uh, purpose, I was quite creative so I was into art, I loved doing drama and um, was quite good at cooking as well and um, so when I left school I kind of had three things mainly that I thought I might pursue but looking back wrongly at the time I kind of, I just rubbished them all off as as, um, like no hope careers, I just just kind of dismissed uh, you know years of like um, um, of, ho- of hobby and passion I just dismissed them and slowly found my way into into drugs and into music and I fell in love with it so I'm not going to lie and um, it was what I lived for so from the age of 18 up to the age of about 22 drugs became sort of a bit of a issue in my life where I was doing them and then I was trying not to do them and I started to become aware at a young age that there was a problem or it was causing me a problem mentally um, so when I found the fitness industry I felt that that was going to be my, my saviour and it sort of coincided as well with the birth of my first born, my first daughter so I felt like I'd been given a lifeline, but when you become attached to something and you grow up with something, it, it's, it becomes ingrained psychologically. So I, I soon realised that it was, um, you know, that it was always lurking there in the background, the, the, the danger to kind of, um, or the lust, should I say, to do drugs was always there. Um, I just kept trying to suppress that. I didn't really deal with it. I just tried to suppress it. So the fitness industry... For me, when, when, I, when I began and thought it was going to be a saviour for me, it, it, it soon became another, another issue, which is important to, for me to tell you before I go on to, to explain Unstoppable Mindset, because 
the fitness industry uh, brought out a lot of deep insecurities with myself. Um, I had, um, through my stint of doing drugs at a young age, I started to develop issues with the way I looked and insecurities with my body, insecurities in my face, and I and I actually developed this real potent and dark loathing towards myself to the extent that when I was 19 I tried I took an overdose and tried to take my own life and um, it, you know at the time it was a serious attempt and it was purely based on the fact that I was not comfortable with my own skin I didn't like the sight of myself and that birthed a an obsession and a, and, a, and a deep ingrained insecurity and a really negative relationship with the mirror, which obviously now, you know, I realise that that's what a lot of people face and there's a lot of people that go through that kind of stuff. And it's one of the kind of the darker secrets behind mental health I've, I feel that are really hard to speak about. It's one of the more uncomfortable things to speak about. So, so that became an, an issue for me. And unfortunately, you know, and it is my own doing, the fitness industry... Uh, being around lots of fit people and body conscious people for me it turned into a bit of an obsession and you know and then through that I found steroids and steroids became a massive psychological problem for me one because I was ashamed of doing it it was like a dark secret internally and eventually it became an addiction so fast forward I mean it wasn't all bad I just want to stress it wasn't all bad but I think what I did and what I did incorrectly was um, you know, for me, I've, I've learned that state of minds and depression and, and any, any negative mindset comes in waves almost. It was never permanent, but at the times that it wasn't there, I was distracted more than anything else. I hadn't actually dealt with anything. I'd, in fact, I'd never dealt with anything. I just constantly kept finding new ways to distract myself. The number one distraction for me, and obviously since doing the, the Unstoppable Mindset and speaking to lots and lots of people in the last four years, um, I've realised that this, the method of distraction in terms of whether it be social media, alcohol, drugs, um, even sometimes blindly throwing yourself into exercise as a, as a method of kind of saving you, can can all lead to this kind of like circle where you come back round and your problems will just come back out and face you and they did for me so I had my whole career in the fitness industry and then by the time I got to the age of it was 35 36 I was to have my biggest wake-up call and my biggest life lesson in the form of a mental breakdown and I was sectioned under the mental health act and um, I was faced with a choice at that point, faced with a serious life choice, um, and that was to face my inner demons, look within, try to turn my life around somehow, knowing full well at that time that if I didn't, I knew I had a problem. Um, I knew that life wasn't going anywhere, um, and I had to face all of the issues that had been causing me a problem for so long that I'd spent years and years dealing with um, by just switching off via drink and drugs and other methods. So it took me a year after that breakdown to pull myself together and um, I decided to do a run one time. Um, it was about six months after my, my breakdown and I decided to do a run and it was a big thing for me because I'd had an issue with my weight for so long, hence obviously the steroids. So I, I always wanted to run, but I couldn't. 
So um, it was a case of, right, okay, I felt an urge to do it. I felt in my heart that there would be some benefit from doing it. I didn't really know why, but I knew it would take great strength to overcome the weight issues because as soon as I started running, my weight would start to plummet. But sure enough, I threw myself into it and it was through that process um, where I started to change mentally and grow mentally. Um, And once I completed the run, which was in December 2016, which was just over a year after the breakdown, my life started to change in the most amazing way. And Unstoppable Mindset was then born in about March 2017, and it's been like a whirlwind ever since. Can I just pause you on that? Yeah. Because we've got loads of show left as well, and yeah. obviously I really want to know about yeah, this yeah, yeah. amazing change that you've had, yeah, this yeah, yeah, awakening, yeah, yeah. there's so much more to go into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But I just want to go back to the beginning, because I'm, I'm really interested even, like, what, what even got you into fitness in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, obviously, we, when we were talking uh, a minute ago, and you said about one door closing, another one opens, that's really been this whole journey from the very start. I actually was doing something completely different, and I wasn't into fitness at all again I've already said raving and drugs was my thing I used to have mates at Tom like you're coming to the gym and I'm like no I'm not coming to the gym I'm like quite happy doing what I'm doing and that was that um I was I was sort of getting into training but more sort of like weights and stuff like that so no real fitness I'd I've done a bit of boxing I'd had a couple of amateur fights so it was it was kind of there um, but certainly not like a, a passion of mine and I got made redundant from one job and um, I was scratching around, I didn't really know what to do. I was still a bit lost at, uh, mentally, I think, at that time and didn't really have any real purpose in life. And I remember the, to this day standing in the kitchen around my mum and dad's house. Mum said, what about this? And there was an article with an advert for becoming a fitness instructor. And I actually didn't even know what a fitness instructor was because the gym I trained at was over in Slough, the, the Thames Valley University gym in Slough, which isn't there anymore. And that was just spit and sawdust. There was no fitness instructors in there. It was just a case of going in and chuck some weights around. So I was like, yeah, that sounds good. And um, ploughed myself into it, went on the course and fell in love with it. I absolutely... It's interesting. That's how I did mine as well. I wasn't into fitness myself as such before. Right. And I went straight into being an instructor. Right. So not go into it for myself first, go into it to help everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I fell in love with that. What what I've what I always loved about it was was it, it was the, my time as a fitness instructor was really a great um, experience of of learning about people about people's um, you know wants and needs and then actually really starting to learn about people psychologically and that was one of the biggest things that intrigued me always from the start because when you do a fitness instructor course you kind of come off the back of it and you're given like the template of how to change people's lives I suppose and motivate and write diets and do this and do that but you realize there's way much more involved than that and it's purely psychological it really is and 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 they don't teach you that in college do they no that's what they don't teach you they also teach you that whatever it is they come in with you're going to do that for them yeah but that may not be what they really need no it's what they want yeah of course but what they need is deep down (laughs) oh absolutely and and the thing is i think we can all be fooled i think i think everybody that comes i think everybody that comes through i don't think in my experience now and, and listening and watching people for so many years, I realise that everyone that comes in the door essentially is searching for something. And, and anyone that comes in even and says, I want to lose weight, 
when you break down the reasons why they want to lose weight and why they ended up putting on weight, then you start to get to the real nitty gritty of what their life's like, what they're going through. And you realize that everyone, um, you know, with exception to a handful, I, I know I'm not, I'm not labeling everyone with the same kind of state of mind, but the majority of people, they're stuck in this battle against themselves. And I don't actually necessarily think that they're searching for the perfect body they think perhaps that weight loss will bring them some happiness um, and the fitness yeah. will bring them some happiness but nine out of ten times it doesn't they get it they get a short fleeting sense of achievement um, they feel motivated for a while but everyone I come across goes in this state and out of that state and it's that um, underlying kind of um the underlying issues the whys of what they're doing and and kind of the life issues that i've started to delve more into and and what i've noticed is that when when you've actually approached that side of things you've you, they've had far greater success anyway in, the, in their fitness in their job in their life in general when you started to break down kind of underneath that oh i want to do this i want to achieve this i want to get fit i want to lose weight so like why really why and then you start to really, you know, get into them. So for yourself then, as you went into the fitness industry and then became a, a teacher straight away, mm. um, what was your like experience with yourself then and your own journey in, in getting yourself fit and also being that role model, that leader for everybody else? Mm. Um, I definitely, I definitely loved it. Um, I had a great sense of achievement out of helping others, um, but soon enough. And this was more like then under the radar. And this is, again, this is my front. It was a front, you know, I had a front the same as everyone else. I had an identity and a persona that I would portray. And I was, I portrayed, you know, and don't get me wrong, it wasn't, it wasn't completely false. But, you know, I was, I, I was an advocate of good health. I was an advocate of, you know, of getting fit and staying healthy but for me, for me personally, then underlying that, there was insecurities, there was um, issues with the way I looked, issues with my body that I was willing to change at whatever cost. And if that meant, if that meant doing something that was potentially risky to my health, I would be willing to do it to try and achieve the happiness and the peace that I thought it would bring. Mm -hmm. I found so you're on out the same journey as your clients. Yeah, on the, on the same on the same journey. Um, and was it mainly aesthetics? Yeah, yeah, it was always aesthetics. It was always aesthetics at, at, at whatever cost. Which is the trouble with society and marketing, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. it shows us that that is the picture of health. Mm -hmm. And actually to be healthy, like all of the things that we've done, I, I'm, I've been nodding along the whole way through because I um, relate to a lot of the mm -hmm. things you said and had my own journey with that as well. Um, but yeah, when you actually achieve it, you're not healthy, or I wasn't anyway mm. in my case. Mm. And a lot of things you do along the way are not healthy things. So the health is one side and aesthetics is the other. Mm. I think it's really frustrating to see, but I think the great position that society is in now and where where my talks that I've been running since 2017 have been so well recepted is because I'm highlighting the absolute obvious and making what you just said very, very clear to people. Um, people have been trying this game for a long time, this fitness game, this body image game. 
you know I've dealt with a lot of guys a lot of guys who outwardly look amazing and I've had some guys crying to me because they have you know issues building up of body dysmorphia they still think they're thin when they're like 17 stone um, and it is really really sad to see thankfully you know I managed to break free from it but learning to accept myself has been has been the hardest part of my journey it's hard to do that it's hard to do that when still we're living in a society when if you just walk into just walk into Tesco along the magazine aisle ripped guy there on the front cover a woman on there on the front cover talking about her weight her body that this weight is right that this is correct that you can get bigger arms in two weeks and this and this and this it's all false it's all lies and it's all aesthetically driven um if you focus purely on the aesthetic side of training personally for me I have not seen it end in happiness. I've seen so many people do so well. They've changed their lives, they've come in, they've been overweight and they've got to their ideal weight and they've still been absolutely miserable and still seen the bigger person, the unfit person, the ugly person that's ingrained psychologically in Mm -hmm. their subconscious mind. And it's heartbreaking to see. So for me, for the rest of my career... um, Along with you know many others now starting to change this way, uh, you know I am an I'm an ab- ambassador of of good physical health, but most importantly, most importantly, is the mindset and the mental health because without that you have nothing. It doesn't matter what you achieve outwardly, body. You can get money, you can get career, your relationship, the the best partner, female, male that you want. If inwardly, if mentally, it's not right, it won't ever be right. Hmm. Hello, welcome back to 91.8 Hayes FM. This is the Way She Radio Show. I'm Nicola Chan and I'm interviewing Tom from the Unstoppable Mindset. We were just talking before the break there about body image, um, Tom's journey as well. And um, I'd like you to share what you were going to say to me off air there. <laughs> yeah, no, we were just talking about, obviously, you know, you know yourself, uh, you know, Nicola as well, that you've done a you know, bodybuilding competition and... You know, you always had it set in your head, which I totally understand and actually know many people that have said the same thing, that you've you set these goals and you have this perception that when you get there, you'll accept yourself. When you get there, you'll be happy with yourself. When you get there, you'll love yourself. And every time you get there, you're not. And in my opinion, then there's always a little bit more to achieve. But for me, what I had um, underlying was the awareness that, well... Time's ticking, right? Time's ticking. We're getting older um, every second, every day, and that's inevitable. So there's that subconscious knowing that, well, I'm going to lose the body anyway at one point. So all the while I was doing steroids, I had this fear, this big fear develop of old age. I'm like, well, I'm, I know that this body's going to go, and I can't surely... you say that at yeah, such a young age. Yeah, 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 because I can't... I can't stay on... St- I'm like, well, I'm not going to be doing steroids when I'm 60 or I'm... Set- so then what happens? Like, because this this desire to hold on to this physique, it was the... I became attached to it. I didn't want it to end. And then that's where the addiction to steroids begins is because... And I know many guys that have, like, affirmed this to me that I've, I've actually been surprised um, hearing some of the stories from some of the guys because they're not they're not outwardly portraying that they've got any issues with it at all but again it becomes a a problem to them just to lose one pound they fear losing the body that they fall in love with 
but then also, unfortunately, that everyone then comments on, you're looking good, you're looking well, and that, mm. is, that is the world we live in. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, we, we're, we're doing it to each other. It's like, for, for all of these problems that are starting to emerge very, you know, very dominantly, we all need to come together because the women need to start to see beyond the superficial and the guys also need to see beyond the superficial and we all need to understand that and I know it sounds so cliche and it's things like this that I would have would have sworn at and told someone to like be quiet um it's beauty is within um it, it really is you know being miserable and being sad and being frustrated and being angry is no way to live your life I I could be this is just my opinion so and I could be wrong I don't believe any happiness um long lasting happiness and inner peace comes from chasing a body that will event yeah <laughs> sorry that, I just have to say yeah, that. <laughs> that that will eventually that will eventually disappear you yeah. can't hold on to it regardless anyone watching who knows me they know they're, they're probably like cheering as yeah well. <laughs> well, you know but but again but again that's not saying okay well what are you saying sit on the sofa do nothing no no there there is there is moving the body we're meant to yeah. move we're meant to be active um, you know, there's also the way you move your your body. Mm. Like when I was in that mindset, I'm hating myself. Exactly. So every weight I'm lifting, I'm like, I deserve to be punished. Yeah. Like I want to hurt yeah. myself yeah. through this. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, it's quite hard actually to go from that to then a form of loving yourself and doing it to actually have self care and the like hardest. you said, move your body because it feels natural and it's right to do so. The hardest. And I want to make it clear for anyone that's listening because if they're sitting there and they're wondering how. It, for me, it was an acknowledgement of, you know, and a, and a deep, a deep felt um, awareness and acknowledgement from the heart. I cannot carry on like this anymore. I don't want to carry on like this anymore. So at first, even though I didn't fully embrace myself, the running helped for me. But even though I still didn't fully embrace myself, um, I, I made a commitment to, f- to working towards loving myself. And it's a journey that that I would say spanned over four years. There was ups, there was downs, it was very tough. But because I'd ended in such disaster and such an unhappy place, I knew that the model, the blueprint of my life and how I lived it before completely didn't work. So I knew that chasing the body wasn't working. I knew that drugs weren't working. I knew that alcohol wasn't working. I knew that, you know, constantly trying to chase money and trying and and do all this. I knew none of that brought me happiness. So I thought, okay, there's something I'm missing. And that's where this four-year journey has has taken me. Mm -hmm. Mm. Just stood on the fitness note there because we've got another break coming up at half past anyway, so you may as well stick on the fitness. I'm just wondering if, as the instructor, and you were going through your own journey just as your clients and members were, did you feel then the pressure? Because you mentioned something before about um, like people looking at you, or you know, you're you're their leader, you're their role model. Did you feel pressure of I need to eat a certain way? Yeah. I need to, like because I'm always on show. So yeah. like like you're building your body to be this what you consider to be perfect. Yeah. The sad thing was, and this is the sad thing, and it used to really dishearten me so much. So when I was taking steroids and doing everything unhealthy, people were saying, "Are you looking well?" 
And then when I tried to pull myself off steroids and I might try, throw myself into boxing for a minute and, and start running and I'd start losing weight, people say, oh, Tom, you, you're right, you, you're not well. <laughs> and so I was like, I can't do this, it's killing me. So what people's perception, this just proves mm. um, what people's perception of good health is, and it's led by the media, yeah, it genuinely 100%. is. They're reinforcing it still all the time. It makes me mad. Me it, too. It makes me mad. <laughs> it shouldn't be allowed. You know, we're, we're in such a contradictory society at the minute. There's things that could be done immediately now. Um, and one of the things is to stop portraying an absolutely chiseled body, male or female, and, and then putting them in line with the word health that doesn't mm. necessarily make for health yeah. like i said before mental health and we all know it now it's you can't hide from it it's more important than anything else physically do what you want chase money all you want without the mental stability in your life without an inner acceptance of the way you are you're in trouble and you're going to keep going around in circles fact so what does health look like to you Health looks like balance to me. It really does. There isn't an obsession in, in your life. Um, and again, I'm not. So, I, when I say these things, this is these these are things I've had to spend four years working on. And and I, I'm going to be honest, my journey continues. It won't ever stop. So I know that I'm always having to work on myself. I'm aware of when I slip, but I know that balance is key. I believe that getting rid of a sense of right or wrong, good or bad, because having those perceptions in can all or nothing. Yeah, can lead you to beating yourself up. So, for example, you know, I have this mentality. I say, mm. okay, well, you know, eat, eat, eat what you want. Don't put it into a category, a category of good or bad. And instinctively pay attention to how you feel and I say okay well how do you want to feel say okay I want to feel really good okay fine well now proceed eat whatever you want and do do your own experiment what foods are making you feel like how you want to feel and what foods aren't and then make a decision accordingly and let your own kind of lifestyle map build up if if you need someone to tell you what to eat okay and don't get me wrong we all need advice but fundamentally I say something has gone so wrong because we evolved for millions of years knowing exactly what to do. We survived the worst conditions known to mankind and we knew exactly what to do. Now, all of a sudden, since the media have got involved and since food companies have got involved, mm -hmm. all of a sudden we haven't got a clue what to do. And the pharmaceutical and the, uh, Yes, exactly. <laughs> On that note, we have a break though. Cool. This is our local news. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome back to 91.8 Hayes FM, the Weishi radio show. We are live on Facebook as well, on Nicola Weishi Chan. Join us for the live video. Um, I'm Nicola Chan. This is Tom from Unstoppable Mindset, and we're having an interview about Tom's journey. We're talking about body image before the break, and I'm really glad, actually, to have a guy talking about body image because, as far as I'm aware, guys don't talk enough about it. What's your experience? Because obviously being a guy, they're going to open up a bit more to you. Mm. Do you feel like you have to be honest with everybody first and then it kind of gives them permission to do the same back to you? Or do people just talk to you anyway? No, I mean, again, before, before, um, before all this began in 2017, as in the mindset stuff, 
uh, I hadn't said a word to anyone about anything. I just felt compelled over over the Christmas of 2016. I started writing about the the past year, the breakdown, um, and everything what I'd gone through. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a, a, a punt and do a, a talk in January to my customers. And um, yeah, just I just literally heart on the sleeve, laid it all bare, and came out. And ever since then. You know, guys and women, but obviously, you know, the great thing is with the guys is that they don't typically talk. But guys and women are just just started coming out and being open and honest. So, um, th- one of the biggest things, obviously, I resonated with with a lot of guys was they started to reach out to me with the with cocaine issues um, and drink issues and the fact that it was destroying them and they were keeping that all buried inside. And I've subsequently just it's been amazing to help so many guys transform their lives there's been some absolutely amazing stories through this through this process but yeah i had um you know i've mentioned the the steroids a few times and guys that you know you think didn't really care and weren't bothered you know they they are all struggling with it they really are because it's it's the same thing they just there's an awareness that they know that this can't go on forever but they know that they're fully addicted to it. Um, and I know many guys like myself that actually have even reached out to, you know, to the, to the, to the GP and it's quite a tough thing for them. They're like, well, you know, we, they know that you can't stop. There isn't any kind of system in place or there wasn't. Certainly when I went uh, to the hospital and they referred me on to someone, they were saying, well, um, you're kind of in a bit of a predicament because your hormones are going to be a mess. You can't just stop. Um, and they didn't really advise me that great, so I just continued and carried on. Um, but yeah, so there there are a lot of guys uh, struggling, and it's still very hard to speak about. I think it's not the the type of thing. Firstly, a lot of guys don't admit that they're taking them for starters, and then to admit that they're addicted to them. I mean, who do they turn to? Who do they reach out to? So I understand how tough it is. Yeah. So what made you want to speak out and be vulnerable in front of all the people that you were showing this persona to and being that leader to? Do you know what? I don't really know. I, I had, again, I, you're just talking about intuition and um, intuitive eating. This has been a, a, a process of deep self-awareness. That's the biggest thing that I, that I promote is looking within um, I, w- I felt like more so that I was guided. I, I felt compelled to write about what I did. I felt compelled to put on a talk. I didn't expect anything. I was nervous. I doubted myself. You know, you have the whole kind of inner voice, like, what are you doing? You know, people are just going to think you're a joke and stuff like that. So, but all the way along, it's 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 got a great, great response. And I've done it for the people. I've done it for the people primarily. Mm. It's helped me massively. Um, so obviously there was a big, big therapeutic benefit in in just coming out and being honest with people. But then to see the changes that people have gone through, and it's just continued. It's been so dramatic. Um, it's interesting you say coming out, and you've said that a few times. You coming out to mm. them, and then people coming out to you. That's kind of how I felt as well. Yeah, I, I did exactly that. Like everything yeah. you're saying, I relate to so much. Yeah. Like, I came out to my group like that I used to teach classes to and I felt like I had the biggest um like ego and this this hat on that I just thought 
I, I really built myself up to be something and I thought that they wanted that, that that's what they needed. And they, like you said about people saying, oh, look at you, you're doing well, you're, you're really healthy and blah, blah, and they don't really know. And they'd be like, oh, I want to look like you. What do you eat? What do you do? And, you know, they keep coming to you for advice. I felt like the biggest fraud because mm. I was actually having an eating disorder at the time. Mm. And for part of it, I wasn't even aware that I had the eating disorder. Mm. But once I did, I really felt like a fraud. Like, how am I telling these people to do this and that when I can't do it myself? Mm. So my, my journey of coming out was really like massive and I actually did a talk to people as well and just cried all over it <laughs> yeah it's tough did you feel a sense of then what you're saying then with like a fraud also did you feel like a an inner sense of guilt and, and almost like a bit of self-torment in the fact that you didn't really know how to kind of get out of that in the sense that you're you're, you're telling people one thing but you you know inside that you're not doing it and you're telling also people to you know you're helping them to achieve something that you know actually when they get there isn't necessarily the answer that they're looking for Mm, I don't think because most of it I was unaware of right so I didn't really have the guilt because if I was aware of it and carried on then I'd feel guilty because I was aware of it you know it was more like just self you know just inwardly attacking myself basically you're a fraud who do you think you are you know you've built up this thing and it's not even right and now Mm. you've got to come out and be who you are Mm. so I think it's that that first step where you can be you have to be really vulnerable and just start talking and honesty yeah I think honesty yeah I think we're now that's when you first accept yourself really isn't it because you allow yourself to be true allow yourself to be true I like that yeah just real just as real as you can be and I think uh, you know uh, that's all I've been another break okay no worries (laughs) we'll be right back Hayes FM hang in there it's a short one now and we will be talking to you all the way till three o'clock so Hayes FM Hello, hello, we're back on air, 91.8 Hayes FM, this is the Way She Radio Show. Um, should we just carry on where we were? We were talking about um, body image. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've kind of lost track there. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think we were finishing basically, you know, uh, the, the, great, the great position, the great position I think now that we're in with the body image thing and, the, and since obviously coming out, um, being honest and like you say about mm, being honest like one it. one it one it's helping it's helping you it's helping me obviously to as part of our process of like almost like cleansing inner cleansing um, but everyone is feeling the same thing I haven't met anyone that's not feeling the same thing there's there's, frust- there's frustration in the air um, we're, we're living in a society where for such a long time we've been led to believe that an external source can bring us happiness and that's the body included but we're talking body we're talking money we're talking fame we're talking fortune ha- is or is not society in the west especially proving conclusively that you can be famous and take your own life you can be rich you can be poor you can be married you can it goes on and on and on people are taking their own lives for all sorts of reasons there is a frustration in the air there is a discontent and that is because the only one thing that can bring you um, inner inner peace and inner happiness is pure acceptance of yourself Um, acceptance of your situation acceptance of your surroundings it doesn't mean that you can't change your life for the better it doesn't mean that I would not necessarily encourage that but again with with a with a with a certain amount of animosity inward inward animosity towards yourself then they can't you can't get what it is you're looking for and there's so many there's so many celebs now handsome beautiful wealthy you know what's wrong with them there's something going on inside that we have been missing i believe it's something that has 
that is being overlooked that's been around since the beginning of time and that's something far deeper um you know more spiritual uh and you know what do you think it is uh, let's go deep now (laughs) well it's it's a tough one because i think i think you know when we're talking about um you know if i mention the word spiritual if, if i say you know we say obviously we go deep this is something that it's there within us but we've been blinded um, by this kind of natural light that we have, this natural love that we have inside of us, and we've been blinded by it through this kind of avid search for something else, thinking that something else is going to bring us what we already have inside of us. And it's not until you have exhausted, and trust me, and by the sounds of it, you're exactly the same, exhausted all external avenues. I have exhausted all external avenues. I searched for this, I tried this, changed my body, changed food, changed everything. I'd done everything possible to bring myself closer to some something that was going to bring me happiness and peace. When I finally discovered happiness and peace, it wasn't in anything external whatsoever. Um, I actually had an experience um, leading up to the to my first run which I didn't fully un- understand at the time. And that was um, when I was out running, I had this strong awareness of th- the negative thought pattern that was running around in my head, more so than ever before. And I persisted out in this run in the rain for such a long period of time. And it was, um, you know, I was ignoring everything that was going on and the mind was telling me to stop, it was complaining, it was telling me to slow down, it was telling me to take a shortcut, it was, you know, everything possible to sabotage the run, the mind was active. And I could really hear it and was aware of it and realised that if I wanted to get where I wanted to get to, I was going to have to ignore what was going on inside my head. And it was at the point where I got near to the end of the run that I had this um, amazing surge of energy because it was kind of like a bit of a battle, this run, not just physically, but mentally. I was going against the grain, like my mind was saying, enough, stop. But I had this kind of like awareness of like, no, that's not the right advice for me right now. I need to just keep running. So when I got to the end of the run, I felt really uplifted and it, it dawned on me um, a couple of months after through another kind of chain of events that... If I can ignore thought whilst I'm out running, then surely I can ignore thought, period. Now, I say this, this was powerful knowledge for me to learn because negative thought patterns had completely destroyed my life. And these are the thought patterns and the inner voice that were telling me, if you change your body, you'll be happy. If you do drugs, this will happen. You know, and all of these urges and these cravings and these wants and these needs and these desires, which were fueled by the voice inside my head, I realized were false. I realized that there was something else within me that could observe the thought patterns and then make a decision whether or not to listen. And that is what, that's one, of the, that's one of the key things that changed my life because I actually realised that instead of going along with a constant, um, you know, t- tagging along with the constant relay and the constant perceptions and judgments 
and the incorrect advice that comes deep within your subconscious mind, potentially from a past of knockbacks and failures and correct, you know, incorrect upbringing potentially. Once you realize that you have the ability to step away from that, observe it as, as what it is, just thought, and then make your own decisions in your life, not based on these reactive mind patterns, then I feel that something much, much stronger, much, much deeper within you emerges and you start to develop a kind of a clarity and a quietness. And then you start to see all of the things that we've been talking about um, for what they are. And that is outward experiences that are just there. You know, they're not part of... They're not part of you and they can't add anything to you. They just can't. And I think, you know, I don't go too hard into the into the, the deeper side of things, but it's it's again, it's just a case of reiterating to people, you're searching for something. Are the things you're searching for bringing you happiness, bringing you peace, bringing you f- fulfillment? And it's always a no. It's always a no. It doesn't matter what it is. And I know some rich people, miserable. Because mm. sometimes it's not enough. It's never enough. Because you want that thing, but then it's I'm still lacking, so I want more. That's 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 so the hardest bit is stopping in the first place, isn't it? Having that urge to get something, this thing from outside, mm. and stopping yourself and knowing that actually I'm not empty, and I need that to fill me. I'm full. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely spot on. And it's but it's also important to, to understand where this drive where this drive and this urge and this want comes from it comes from your subconscious mind and there's so many there's so many um issues that are potentially linked to that um you know again if you're if you if you are lacking something and and perhaps that something is coming from you know past letdowns past failures it could it could be that you're searching for you know you're, you're outwardly searching for the body for money but really deep down you have this void in your life um, and this emptiness that's coming from from past from knockbacks and it's it's being aware of that there's a lot of there's a lot of things that can be going on inside of your head that are driving you to make those decisions and your mind is saying to you that that's going to help and then when you get there and it doesn't it will say that that's going to help and when you get there it say no now you want more that's because you haven't actually addressed the real issue mm-hmm. and if anyone is struggling you know with that cycle and they're feeling that and they're they're kind of like yeah i know i get that i've been searching for this searching for this then it's time to reach out and get help because there's something much much deeper that you're completely missing and some nlp could help some hypnotherapy could uh, help you know finding a really really great therapist can help to start to go into your mind because what you must understand is this your subconscious mind runs your life 95 percent of the day and if your subconscious mind is built full of you know ridicule and failings and maybe you were bullied at school maybe you know it was you know your parents were great parents but every now and then they knocked you back and it hurt that stays with you for life so there's so much you can learn by looking within and for me once I realized that I had the ability to observe thoughts I started to observe them and also look at where they were coming from and you find out so much about yourself 
do you care to share? <laughs> yeah, no, just... So if you could say, for example, okay, you had yeah, no, a, I'll be a, on, a negative no. thing that came Abs- up. And absolutely. Where that came from, if someone might relate to that at home. Absolutely, 100%. I spent years, as a boy, idolising male movie stars. Um, I, and again, it was a, it was a different uh, time, I suppose. I don't want to make it out and sound like... You know, my mum and dad were great parents, but I, I was watching 15s and 18s at right the age of 10. Um, I don't think it was seen as a bad thing. I don't know, but that's how it was. Um, Rambo and all these different types of films. But um, I had this, like, fixation as a boy, sort of, to, to, to uh, growing up. Like, oh, he's cool. I want to look like him. And then I start looking at myself in the mirror and starting to compare that's one of the biggest, biggest problems in society at the moment is this hierarchy of just these comparisons. You know, we're all unique, we're all special, and we have so much more to give that lies skin deep, yeah, okay? Um, so, again, the whole kind of outward image doesn't mean anything anyway. Um, but unfortunately, society still tells us it does. So I was really looking at myself and building up these comparisons. So. I had never, ever given this a second thought until I started looking deep within. I'm like, where have these insecurities come from? And I, really, and, I, and I know, looking back, I was absolutely obsessed with wanting to try and create. I tried to change my image at the youngest age of 10, tried to like do my hair in a certain way that looked like this guy. And it just built up so much discontent at myself. I didn't accept myself. I just looked in the mirror and always wanted to change. And, and that, that is what, when I got to the age of 18, when I started to fuel, uh, put drugs into my body, that emerged, that insecurity and that, that comparison, that emerged it so strong. I started to hate myself, actually. And, um, and once I had that unfortunate um, attempted suicide at 19, it, it stayed with me for years. That took me years to get over. That was so psychologically ingrained, but I knew it was in the mind. And although you can't erase memory, I knew that I could overcome it because it was just a memory, not a fact. It wasn't a fact. It was a memory that I needed to overcome. It was a memory that my subconscious mind was playing to me over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. So when I looked into the mirror at 19 and looked at my face and hated it and and just thought, right, I can't look at myself anymore. I'm not how I want to be then because that was so fierce and and ingrained with so much anger and torment at the time, then obviously it was a memory that was fiercely ingrained. And and any memory that's ingrained with pain or past emotion is a strong memory. And your subconscious mind will play it over and over again. So you'll you'll never ever actually even just see yourself. You'll just see the the warped perception the comparison version and you'll say my nose doesn't look like his or my eyes don't look like his and my smile's not like his and my body's not like his so yeah so these are the type of things that that, that i have discovered and it's really good knowledge to know because um any sticking points that i come across if i couldn't help myself i said right i'm going to see a therapist and i, I would be open and honest and these were really hard things to talk about first really hard things i i, I found them embarrassing to, to, to say that I didn't like myself I didn't like my face I didn't like this it was really hard but therapeutic therapeutic in the talking yeah it's got to be done it's got to be done mm. nothing because sometimes when you say stuff it's like admitting it to yourself isn't it because otherwise it just stays in your head with all the other things yeah it's got to come out which is why I guess it's, it's hard because it makes it true yeah, and you almost don't want to face it mm. you almost don't want to face it you know that's, that's what this, this it's getting out of the comfort zone it's getting out of the comfort zone, yeah. And I suppose I realised um, 
as well that um, all I'd ever done, drugs really, even though at first it was a laugh with my mates, they slowly switched from from a laugh to actually a form of self-medicating. I had all these issues with myself. Mm. I had all these insecurities, but... Uh, give me give me a couple of lines of coke and give me a few few ecstasy tablets and and I felt fine. Um, it was a false fine. I want to make that clear and a very destructive um, fine um, because obviously you know all the while I was doing that as a form of self medication to try and cope with my ways, my tendencies, my insecurities. I was destroying myself mentally and physically, which I paid the price for heavily. You know, twenty years on from the start of the whole journey of drugs. Hello, welcome back to 91.8 Hayes FM. This is The Way She Radio Show. I'm Nicola Chan and I'm with Tom from Unstoppable Mindset. If you've just joined us, welcome. We're on the second half of the show just now. You've missed some amazing stuff. However, I will be taking a recording of the show, making a podcast as always. You can join me on the Facebook page, Nicola Way She Chan or Way She Radio. And I'll be sharing all the links to the podcast and you can listen again or you can watch the Facebook live video, which is still live at the moment. So join us. So we're talking, well, actually in the break, we were talking about um, having greater awareness, being more conscious and how sometimes you go through one stage in your life. You you think that you've kind of healed everything or fixed things in quotes. um, And then you find out there's another layer underneath. Let's talk about that. The new level, new devil. Yeah. um, I mean, I had noticed. And again, see, this is the thing. It wasn't I didn't get any advice initially. I just started to notice um, through this, you know, I don't know whether it was, I I feel blessed that I just started to really be quite introspective and and I had this massive self-awareness and I was really listening intently to what was going on inside my head, to what I was doing. And then everything I did, good or bad, I was paying attention to kind of the aftermath the after effect any psychological noise um for example like you know the voice inside the head the the putting the putting myself down when i did something wrong or and even the the bigging myself up when i did something right i was really just listening to it all and studying myself and one thing i noticed that um there absolutely is layers upon layers and upon layers because i mean look i started this journey myself uh, you know, let's say 35 when disaster struck, which again I've, I, I now look at as a blessing because it really was an intervention for me that made me change. But then over the course of like four or five years, I'm starting to take um, parts of me away, strip like layers uh, uh, away from me that I thought were me. I was absolutely convinced I was Tom this person that was like this, that had this negative thought mindset, I thought that that's who I was. And that's because I'd spent 20-odd years ingraining a certain mentality into myself. So there would have been some, some subconscious beliefs spawned from like watching films and comparisons and so on. Um, and that was all getting played back to me. And then I was affirming it because I believed that that was the fact, that was reality, that was what it was and nothing could be any different. But I soon started to realise I just had this strong awareness at, at, at the time of having a breakdown. I thought, this can't be me. This doesn't feel right to me. And and it wasn't. It was all just a big lie. Tom Pace had all of these issues surrounded 
um, to his name. And he started to take one by one, take them away. I never, ever believed, and again, this is about, you know, you know, people talk about beliefs. I had a firm belief that I would be doing drugs on my 80th birthday. It was what I wanted to do. I was adamant that I would never stop. I felt that it was my right to do them and my right to carry on because, well, there's, you know, I wanted to have fun. I'm entitled to have fun. And all of this started to change. And so, yes, you've got to understand when you're looking at changing your life, you need to be, you need to, from the very, very start, you need to acknowledge the journey ahead. Now, you're not just going to focus on the distance. You're only ever going to focus on one step at a time and you're going to live in the moment and focus on each, you know, each day as it happens. But you need to kind of know where you're going and it's wherever you're trying to get to, if you're looking at self-transformation and change, it's tough. You have to face everything. You have to face the truth about yourself. Well, not, not about yourself. You have to face the truth about the nonsense that's going on inside your head. And you have to look at it as stored memory and how can I overcome this stored memory? And one by one, yeah, you take off one layer and then you think, okay, that's great. Like at one point I thought, I'm there, I've made it. And then something else comes up and you're like, okay. So as long as you're ready for that, then... What was that feeling? I've made it. Devastating. <laughs> <laughs> I was devastated. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I was so devastated. This is why. I, I basically, uh, obviously, had, had taken uh, upon the running process based on the fact that I went to a consultation and they told me I couldn't run because I damaged, I had uh, stage three arthritis in my toe. So it didn't bend properly, so I was going to have lots of problems. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go and run, but I'm going to go and run up cliffs and mountains. That's what I'm going to do. And so I did it. So it's, I started to get really, really me- like mental grit, mental toughness, and I really learned a lot about the thought process and the way it worked. And I started to learn about paying attention and concentrating on body. Be- I, was, I, I basically like learned the art of mindful e- exercise. Like people talk about mindfulness. Mm. I applied it to every bit of exercise I did. I was concentrating on the steps and everything. I, um, I decided to enter the, the, what, what's deemed as the hardest marathon in the UK, which is in Exmoor. Um, and it's 26 miles across the, the coastal lines of Exmoor, which is up and down constantly, like real high climbs and long descents. This is your first run. So this was the very first marathon I ever did. Um, I'd never ever said, I always said I'd never do a marathon because of the weight loss. So I, I said it, I trained, I was in the best place physically, so fit, mentally so strong. I was like, I thought nothing can stop me. And this is, you know, part of why Unstoppable Mindset came about because that's how I started to feel. That's why that name came about. So I'm there running over these these uh, you know these mountains like pretty much and um, you know it was the most grueling event and towards the end um, I ha- had a battle with this Spanish guy all the way along and we had this like l- l- toing and froing for the whole kind of 26 miles and at the end of at the end of the run it was about a mile left maybe two miles left and I thought I'd long cleared him and I was exhausted and I had no pace left and I resided myself to just like a plod. But then he, on, on some cliffside, he came past me. And my initial thoughts were like, okay, uh, he's, I'm done, like, let, let him go past me. But then this inner urge was like, okay, now come on, we've got to do this. So I picked up this, uh, you know, like my mindset kicked in. I started to really pick up the pace when I thought I had nothing left. And we had this ferocious battle to the end. And this is where I learned the power of concentration and ego because my concentration diminished. I focused on purely beating him. My ego kicked in and I thought, I won't be denied like this, this race against him. Mm-hmm. So I put my foot on the gas. 
snapped my ankle um, with about 500 metres left. I had an initial thought of stop, gripped my teeth and just carried on running as fast as I could. Got through the finish line, collapsed, had a broken ankle, finished fifth. You beat him. Be- beat him, <laughs> came fifth um, and with a broken ankle, to, uh, broken foot to boot and I was on the biggest high of my life. Shortly after that, um, some old habits emerged. I went on holiday. I hadn't been drinking for a long time, and I thought, okay, I can have a drink. And drinking was never a problem for me. But um, yeah, it, it triggered a mindset, and it triggered some, you know, some some old ways. And um, it, it was it, that a habit thing? Do you think? Like, I'm on holiday, and on holidays I drink. Yeah, I think so. Again, drinking wasn't a problem to me, so I, I it was. It, I never had a drink problem. The reason I stopped it for so long is because there was a. It was a trigger into drugs and I, I, I did overcome that completely to be fair but um, yeah it was just I, I, I just was in such a good place and then that good place came to an end and it was my first learning experience and then from then on it's been that, it's been that way that it doesn't matter what state you're in ecstatic um, you know happy sad it they're all fleeting they all come and go so what I started to look for after that I I, I went to a therapist and talked through some issues that I felt were still there and she's the one that said to me you know I said oh I thought I was there I thought I'd made it you know achieved some sort of superman status which was just a load of nonsense and just ego talk really and she said look you're never there you know you're never there it's a journey that goes on and I thought well that was reassuring to know and and I've lived my life now since then with that kind of reassurance that okay it's cool there's no pressure right that's nice that you say that because obviously that's part of the addiction to exercise as well mm. is doing those events and having that massive high. Mm. Then you get the come down afterwards. Yeah. How else can I feel high again? Yeah. Let's do another event. Yeah. And then that becomes the addiction. Absolutely. It was actually really quite um, a, a powerful experience to go through. Also, I started to really feel that the running was becoming something that I felt I needed and when I broke the foot, I was out for like a long time, actually. I was, you know, it was eight weeks with a boot on, but I didn't get back to running for a while. And I had to learn to live without it. Um, so and, that was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was another big learning process. Mm. I had to learn patience and perseverance. And the running never was the same. And I can't run anymore because I've damaged the foot just that much. So I don't run at all anymore. But wow. I realise... I realised and actually started to learn and again, okay, well, I can't have anything to prop me up because I'm always at risk. I'm at risk if something props me up. Yeah, like I, knew ex- I know exercise makes me feel good, you know, and so on. And there is things that you can do in life that, you know, that can, can lift you. But you have to be very, very careful because in, in this world, you know, there was a, there was a spiritual saying which, which, which as well gave me great strength. And that is you came here alone and you leave here alone. You don't take anything with you. You came here alone, you leave alone. No, nothing, nothing can remain. You, you are complete as you are. And the moment you realize this and the moment you can stand in this world naked, strong, you know, is your best chance. So I don't strive now for like, um, I don't want to be super positive because I know it doesn't last. I have good days, I have bad days, but it's much more consistent now. I don't get attached to the good days and I don't get beat down by the bad days. I just kind of accept everything for what it is, you know? Life, life is, is, is too unpredictable. You know, I, 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 I'm still getting 
you know get the, the you get bills coming through you get debts coming through you get life situations occur you know relationship issues occur with people you know career situations occur you cannot control um the outward circumstances the only thing you can control is the inner you is your ability to just take it all on the chin take it all on the chin and roll on that's that's one of my mantras <laughs> Do you have to remind yourself of these things? All the time. All the time. I, you know, I want to re, you know, stress it again. I said at first, when I, about two years into my journey, I would drive past the pub and I'd see boys out there with the beers and that. And, and, I, used, and I looked at that life and I thought, do you know what? That was, although there's a massive, massive price to pay, that is easier this way of living and this journey has been tough you're facing yourself you're you're taking away things that propped you up you're taking away the drink taking away the drugs right now how are you going to cope tom well you better find a way so I did then i had the running and running was propping me up and i was feeling really good and it was a great experience and i learned a lot from it but when that was taken away i'm like okay tom now what are you going to do you're going to have to find another way so it's it's you you, you so know when all these things are, are gone yeah and then you're left with just you yeah and then you're feeling your feelings your emotions mm. how are you then there's there's an art that i'm that i'm in the process of um learning now i suppose in developing and cultivating and it's the art of observing what goes on without any attachment to it so the knowledge the knowledge to know that your body is in a constant flux of energy and mental states and emotional states is very, very important to know. We're meant to feel, we're meant to experience. Now, I can say to you, okay, well, yeah, you know, we've got you to a great place and you're thinking, brilliant, brilliant. Then all of a sudden you find out two days later that your partner cheats on you. Now, there's nothing you're going to be able to do about that. You're going to feel something about that. You're not going to be completely numb to life. So it's not possible to you to get, we're not talking about some sort of Jedi power where you're immune to life. We're talking about an acceptance of life and life is tough and the moment you fully embrace that acknowledge that and then let your feelings come let them come one thing i know and this is reassurance for me anger comes and it's horrible but it goes sadness comes it's horrible but it goes jealousy comes it's horrible but it goes allow it a lot of people, even on this journey, can feel like, well, I'm a positive thinker now. Yeah. Therefore, anger's coming up. No, no, let me yeah, stress no, that down and let no, me remain positive. No. I'll do all the things that I know I need to do. Yeah. And I think even I did that for a while. I was yeah. like, well, I'm always positive. And I was exercising daily, so I was having a bit of high every day. Yeah. And then suddenly, if I wasn't exercising a day, I'm like, I'm depressed. Yeah. So again, those extremes of it's all or nothing. If I'm yeah. not that high, I'm depressed. Absolutely. No balance in the middle. No balance. And, and that's, again, that's, I think it's a natural process that you will find out yourself. I think you're hitting like the mark there of what you're saying because... Like, you know, there's a lot of um, interesting stuff out there about ego and identity and, and you can you can lose, you can lose, like I was losing, I was, I lost a, a drug taking ego, replaced it with this super positive running ego and that was also a lie, that was also false, that was also a mask. Um, it also didn't last. It also didn't take me to the place that I, I truly, truly wanted. Um, and you learn all these things yourself. So... You know, for anyone out there 
that is is feeling that discontent that's going through anything you know with the body image or going through any kind of outward search and has kind of kept coming back round to the same place you know it is start to listen and, and look at yourself and observe yourself and you'll, you'll learn those, so much um, outward searches in relationships like codependency and mm. things like that like from childhood mm. from our parents from our caregivers and the way that we were brought up whether we were shown love or not mm. it's a tough one relationships are, are you saying about like searching again for fulfillment mm. in relationships what you're saying is you're, you're born alone you're dying alone yeah but yeah we have this thing it's a human need obviously to to have kids and to yeah. find a mate and blah 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 and then it, it just gets all so confusing <laughs> very confusing it's so tricky actually and i was speaking to a therapist the other day i was interviewing them and um you know and i'm fully aware of this myself like i've learned this as well you know again jealousy um all these issues you know when i first got with um with who's now my fiance, it just it, it brought out many many demons for me. I was realised I was a really insecure person. I was a really je- jealous person. Now at the time, I perceived this as a bad thing, but this is another powerful thing. You know, if you if you are with someone and and there is a connection there, that doesn't necessarily mean that this relationship is going to be perfect. But again. Like what we just said, you were here alone, you you leave alone. And in the process, you've got learning opportunities everywhere you go and chances to grow as a person spiritually, mentally, physically. And a relationship is one of the best ways of learning about yourself Mm. without question. You learn about compromise. Especially when you meet your match, who's like a mirror. (laughs) Yeah, of course, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and that's probably, that was, that was the case for me. And, you know, put her through hell in the process. Um, but, you know, she stuck by me through through thick and thin and was there right through my breakdown and has actually been the most supportive and loving person that, that probably has ever, that has, well, not probably, that's ever come into my life. Um, but being with her has been tough for me, uh, you know, inwardly for me. So I've had to learn and adapt and face my fears. And again, I don't. I didn't want to accept the jealous side of me, so I worked on it. That doesn't mm. mean that jealousy doesn't arise sometimes. It doesn't like mean... we said about anxiety. Like yeah. it will pop up. It's a natural thing. Natural, Let... and not that I am a jealous person. No, like that's my identity. Yeah, absolutely. But I can feel jealous. Yeah, exactly. And that's okay. He's absolutely spot on. Mm. Right, we have another break. Um, Haze FM ninety one point eight. Haze FM, stay online. We'll be right back on. If you've ever had to. Um, welcome back. It's 91.8 Hayes FM, the Weishi Radio Show. We are live on Facebook, Nicola Weishi Chan. I'm Nicola Chan and I'm with um, Tom from Unstoppable Mindset. So we're talking today about mindsets, mindsets obviously, uh, positive thinking and also not suppressing like your shadow self, your, your emotions, your anger, your anxiety, jealousy we were just talking about before the break there. Um, so just allowing those emotions to come and go, which then led me to think while we were off air about how you observe your thoughts and are you able to do that on a day-to-day basis because for me I do that when I drop into a meditation and I have to be quite still even my body's still and I'm quieting the stuff going on outside of me to be able to observe my thoughts Mm. otherwise in the daytime I could feel something come up and I'm already behaving and I wasn't aware that it was there Mm. how do you do that in your life yeah so I um I basically uh, this actually is another. These are not on now. Is that Mal? Oh, maybe they got turned down. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, the thing is, I inadvertently discovered it because I was ruled by my head for years. You understand? So I looked in the mirror and thought came, you're worthless, you don't look right. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I don't look right. So I, I was going along with everything that the mind came up and said. Any any comments of can't or any any doubt, any fears, any worries, to me was fact. So then you live in this constant state of up and down this, this roller coaster ride. And for some reason, it seems to be, I believe that it's, it's for us to transcend it personally, but um, we, we live with this belief that we are our thoughts and our thoughts are, are us, are what we are saying. So when, when I obviously started to run, I had no experience of meditation or like the thought process at all. But knowing that with every footstep that I took, my body was moving, I was running, I had a set destination to get to, and all the while the thoughts inside the head were more sabotaging than anything else. So I had like self-belief and I knew that I was going to, you know, I had a belief that I was going to get to my destination. But the thought process was very much against that. So I was constantly ignoring the thought process. So for me, it came about through exercise. Once I did that with running, I started to get so hyped up about the power of that. And I realized that you don't have to do anything that the that the voice says especially when it's the, the 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 thoughts of i can't do this i can't do that so i started to teach it in in my gym and we started to focus on mindset sessions where i would get people to do like these things at like arm circles for three minutes or so or two minutes and i would say listen to what's going on so start to be aware of what the body's doing you can feel the pain emerge then if you listen very very closely as the pain emerges you'll hear a thought uh, come spontaneously not through kind of you actually thinking, it comes spontaneously of mm. I have to stop or I can't do it. Now, if you believe in that thought, then you'll stop and you can't do it. But over the, over months, it still goes exercise. on. Huh? It's a good exercise. It, it, it was great. It was so powerful. And we started to focus on this like wholeheartedly and it was getting people to achieve all sorts of things because they were realizing that you don't have to go along with what the thought process says and you have always got a lot more to give than what the thought process says. So for me personally, I started to share that with, with clients, but then I started to really analyze what was going on um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And it wasn't through meditation. It was just a case of listening because that constant relay, that constant voice, which I call the madman, and the reason I call it that is because I actually came to the conclusion after a period of about two years listening to what was going on inside my head, I realized that 90% of it, 95% of it was completely mad. It was not constructive. It was always self-sabotaging. It was always um, critical, critical of myself, critical of the way I looked. It was doubt in any decision I made. Have you read The um, Chimp Paradox? I've been given it and I, I haven't I haven't actually read it. I, I've, I have flicked through it and, it and yeah, it's got some great stuff in there, I think, about this whole concept. Mm, you're but, already doing it. Yeah, well, the, what, the, this is the mad thing about this journey because w w w when all these things happened, I noticed that it had profoundly changed my life and I did have this awareness almost that I that the thoughts were not me as well as I spent my whole life believing that they were and that everything that the mind said was a fact. But 
three years after all of this began, I actually came across the book The Power of Now by um, Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. Tolle, Tolle. And, um, and I started to flick through this book, and I'm like, hang on a minute. This I thought we should start a Power of Now uh, club. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is just too strange here now, because <laughs> I'm like, this, this has been going on. I'm like, this, hang on a minute, this, is, this was happening, this was happening. And so for me, that book was was dramatically life changing for me because it, had, it 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 categorically explained my last three years since my breakdown, and I was it, it blew my mind. So the that led me on a on a massive journey actually after that book, which took me to to India. And since um, I would say more so in the last more so in the last year, I have been focusing on the art of of observing without attachment and it's very hard to do but but the way i look at it is this the thoughts and feelings they come and go regardless regardless you can't suppress them you can't stop them you you actually notice if you if you pay close enough attention that thoughts uh normally the most negative ones they're spontaneous so they can't possibly be you it's not like as in you're applying your mind to write a book it's not that kind of thinking that's different that's conscious thinking that's constructive thinking that's done under like motivation that's done with more of a rational kind of way of looking at things the subconscious mind and the voice of the subconscious mind which i refer to as the madman is just constantly firing your past at you over and over again so any mistake you made it's quite brilliant at just reminding you of that mistake and telling you well because you made that mistake then surely that mistake is going to happen now mm-hmm. because you failed then surely you're going to fail now and let's it just was, keep you safe and let's just tell you that you're a failure so you don't even try. You don't even try. Therefore, and, no one will laugh at you, no one will judge you, and you'll just be safe doing nothing. Yes, yes. It, it, <laughs> don't well, put what, yourself out there. What can I, what can I say? I, you know, there's, there's books written on this. There's whole topics written on this. Your subconscious mind, uh, scientific fact, runs 95% of your day. It's full of lies. It's playing back your whole life story and predominantly all the negative parts. It is for you to to look at that and to say, actually, no, in this moment now, I can do whatever I want. I can turn a new page. I can start a new life. I can change direction, change course. This is the power that we have consciously to do. However, you can feel really motivated and consciously make a decision to change. But like you found out and like I found out, there's layers to go through. There's a process to go through. And the madman, the subconscious mind will do everything in its power to sabotage, to keep you safe, Mm. to hold you back. And it's observing that can start to bring you closer to an understanding that that exists and that's not you. Mm. I had just as we we're about to go into the local news there, I had exactly that um, two Fridays ago. I performed in a burlesque show, a solo in Florence. Right. And that was really out of my comfort zone. I was so scared that weeks before the voice got louder yeah. and it was like, who do you think you are? Yeah. They don't want to see this. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And it just kept getting louder and louder and louder. So yeah. it was one point I was like, I can't actually do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had this switch in my head and it was like, that means you have to yes. because you're getting so out of your comfort zone that the yes. rewards are massive. Yes. So these are just showing you that it's big. Do you know, that's beautifully put. And there's one thing uh, I just want to say with that is if you always look to do 
the opposite of what your mind is telling you <laughs> that's normally the right answer because your mind will always tell you no don't do it fear 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 danger 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 and then you find out yourself that actually it was probably the most rewarding thing you've ever mm. done because yeah. you overcome fear as well at the same time right yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> on that note here is the local news stay with us so how how do you this is one question that i have actually because sometimes you have a thought like a gut feeling I shouldn't do this and that's what we need to listen because that's like our intuition isn't it and then other times you have a thought that says no don't do that because let's just stay in our comfort zone there's there's a fine line isn't there of is it the gut feeling is it actual fear is it something's going to happen to me yeah. or is it this is just fears that you know aren't really true yeah that's a tough one but I said to someone the other day actually um I've said to a couple of people and this is what I found out as well I do believe and it's only my opinion I'm going to say that that you're you're guided and if you're meant to be doing something you will be doing it. If you live in the cycle of listening to your um you know to the madman to the voice inside your head to the to the relay of subconscious thoughts and beliefs then you may not achieve something but you will most likely like a lot of people end up in a situation where you're kind of hitting rock bottom and you realize something's gone wrong something's gone wrong and you'll realize eventually hopefully if you get the right advice and right guidance that you have limiting beliefs in your mind and so on um with with the in terms of like what's gone on in my life in this last um four years it's it's all just happened and i said to a couple of people um you know there's there's been some involvement in me consciously but when i started to live in the right way and when i started to be good to myself and kind to myself and believe in myself my life just changed opportunity came um you know i speak in the construction industry i never went i never searched for it um you know interviews that have occurred and situations that have occurred and achievements that have happened and they've all just seemed to like have come about it's like a so you know you, you do get like gut feelings and intuition and so on but when i've highlighted it to some people okay so look at the best things the, the best things that have ever happened into your life were they something that you strive for came for or did they just come and the majority of people say come it's like you know like that that your your soulmate you know the perfect relationship sometimes mm. people end up like one door closes and then all of a sudden some new amazing door opens it's i i believe that if you're morally um living in the right way if you're living with integrity and love and you're doing all you can for yourself and and for other people life takes care of life everything just fits it fits it just does although yeah, there may be some people sitting at home thinking well that's all great then so i'll just stay here and it will all come to me yeah absolutely <laughs> but the thing is this is it this is what like but you won't this is the thing i'll say okay all right we'll sit on the sofa then and you won't who does you won't you just won't do it i think we're we we have we have a certain urge to move in a certain direction everyone has that urge like you say a gut feeling or an intuition like we're not designed to sit we're we're designed to hunt to go out and that's what we're still doing we're just doing it in a different way it's not possible to actually sit down on the sofa and do nothing and if you do 
and some people do misery awaits okay no, nothing you know, nothing will happen yeah. and potentially you know mentally and physically you can end up not in a good place but for me um there was a hell of a lot of um you know I, I felt I wanted to change and then as soon as I made a decision as soon as I said enough is enough I'm not living like this anymore I kind of was just propelled and moved in a certain direction and yes I've had ideas and spontaneous things that have come to me but on the whole it, it feels like just one big kind of like energy force that's pulled me along and guided me in the right direction you just got to look out for those signs but you have said a few times actually about this enough is enough like this rock bottom state mm. so you had it at the beginning when you felt like suicidal mm. and then you've had it again and you've had it again are those like the layers that you're talking about and is that for you then a massive like all of your body's resonating with no this is not right for me enough is enough now i'm pushed forward to change something yeah absolutely like has this worked like we're we're right in our life story we're we're right in our life story and we're right in the blueprint we're not the thing is in our in all our fairness you know i feel for everyone out there you know including myself i'm like i wasn't guided no one taught me i didn't leave school with a with a manual book of how to survive life i wasn't taught about how to be an adult how to be an adult how to you know the the, the the, parent exactly the, exactly how to be a parent how to how to you know be a good person how to be secure how to love you no one taught me how to love myself no one taught me how to love myself you know for, for all the best will in the world and the best teachers in the world and best parents in the world they I did, still didn't get taught that you know I've had to find this out the hard way I've had Most to find you're this taught out not to way. love yourself actually aren't you not to accept to always be better exactly exactly and so going back to your point not when we're not not in any way do I encourage people like you know follow your dreams go with with some gut feelings and some intuition but you know as far as I'm concerned if 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 you are happy if you're living in the right way um you know then I think you'll you the right path will be clear um, and if you pay attention even if maybe along the way you might not you might get blinded and you might make some wrong decisions as long as you're constantly watching and paying attention you'll get yourself back in the right direction sooner rather than later because but they're all part of the process aren't they part of the learning it's part of the learning it's just part of the learning yeah and they again there's there is so much to learn so we have another break now. It's our final break till the end. So we'll be able to continue the interview all the way up until three o'clock. And then we have to go. So get on to the Facebook page. You can hear all the behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Hello, welcome back to 91.8 Hayes FM. We're live on the radio, we're live on Facebook. We're having an amazing interview with um, Tom from The Unstoppable Mindset. And we're um, just talking about his videos that he made. He did some... Uh, spoken word videos and one of them actually really touched me brought a tear to my eye um, I could really resonate with the emotions tell us what that was like making that video yeah so again coming back to the whole thought process the the, the madman for me was when when the when the the, the, the video urge, is called the madman yeah the video is called the, the madman yeah the video is called the madman and it, and it's it's we're doing it in four parts and then over the course of a period of probably a year to two years i'm i'm trying to piece together a, a great analogy for people to use that will that can help them observe their thoughts by referring to it as another even just as oh yeah you know that's the madman talking that's not me uh, so mm. that was the purpose behind it the words and the concept 
concept just came so spontaneous and this is you know what I was saying about kind of being guided almost I've just felt so many urges and they, they they haven't been ones that have been debated they've just been straight away pen to paper um you know the madman is is something that I feel the last four years since my breakdown you know everything I've been learning and going through was building up to it it's it's really you know it, it's close to my heart and close to my mind um because the one common bond that we all share in this whole spectrum of mental health is the thought process inside the head all the circumstances that are involved in why someone would get depressed and anxious and unfortunately and so sadly take their own life um they can vary you know it can be job loss relationship issues drug problems all of these things but what's driving the driving force behind all of those circumstances the voice that turns all those circumstances into deep hurtful and painful problems is the voice inside your head it's something that we all live with and for the majority of people that I've worked with and it's all the people that I've spoken to in the last four years have inspired me because they all take it back no matter what the problem is when you go back it's all then thoughts that are emerging about that issue and they're all mad you know one of the first things I changed in myself and it was so profound was my outlook on the weather I was a big big uh, sun worshipper um, I didn't like the rain I didn't like the cold I diagnosed myself with sad and it was one of the first things I looked at I'm like where's that actually come from like that's complete non-acceptance to like something that is unchangeable beyond belief like you cannot change it so I realized that I had all this kind of like built up kind of relationship with the weather and this dialogue society does that though like it's mm. it's a bad day today because it's gray and miserable yeah yeah yes and and for me and I'm I'm not I'm not I wouldn't I'm not don't judge anyone this is just for me I said that's mad that's mad I can't have a problem with the weather because it's too changing it's like it's never consistent mm. so like and living in Great Britain like the summer we're having as well it's like you can't rely on that so it, it was it was just again being aware of all those thoughts and I just kept coming to the conclusion that's mad that's mad that's mad so then the madman was born and since doing it and and we are going to explain it uh, more and more over the four parts and it is a an analogy for the thoughts inside inside the head but since doing it we've had so many people reach out and 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 it's lovely to hear that that it that you did resonate with it because it's what we're all it's it's in us it's what's in us there's no dispute in it you know every single time you look in the mirror you're being judged by yourself not by anybody else and 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 you know you 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 could have a hundred i could have a hundred men line up here we could have a hundred women line up here and they say uh to me oh you're handsome and say to me you're beautiful and and you will dismiss every single one of them if the madman inside your head says you are ugly because that's what you believe and it's about understanding that the madman's not real he mm. only exists with your belief and your where is your belief in those words coming from is it coming from when you were at school you got picked on or was it because you had a knockback when you were younger in a relationship 
you know look and find that's what I was what... just going to say actually because like you said at the very beginning that we're born perfect yeah. you know and we're born whole and not needing of any of these external things mm. that would have been something that was taught to you mm. absolutely you know, or w- was said to you in like a fleeting comment didn't mean anything to that person but you kept on you know you held on to that and mm. that's still there for you mm. and it's a limiting belief because it's a belief that's not serving you mm. but because you weren't born with it you can change it absolutely it, that it there's one uh, guru guy that i listen to and he he will say that's not original to you he'll say that's not original to you that's not this is this is mind and you're more than that and that's indisputable and without like going too intently into it it's indisputable because you know we could i could erase your memory now and you'd still be here you'd still be here as alive as ever probably even more alive and you'd probably feel an immediate sense of contentment and peace more than you've ever experienced on the basis that every single worry and doubt and fear mm. and negative experience in you would all of a sudden disappear and you'd be reset. That's and, also that power of now though, isn't it? Because yeah. it's like right now we're here sitting on these chairs yeah. and all these things that made up who we are now because yeah. of our, our memories, but they're not here right now. They're all no. gone. No. They're not real. No. And it's so sad and it and it may and this is what this you know, is really the true, true reason for me fighting the way that I do in the sense of, you know, I, I will not be dictated to by a script in my mind. I know through experience without, I, I, I'm not in no position to, to sit here and say exactly what it is. I have experience and I feel something much stronger and much deeper inside of me that is far, far more powerful than what, what the mind is. The mind is a small part of us, but it runs our life. And the sad thing is if you don't realise it and you are spend your whole life plagued by this critical nature, you know, lack of, uh, you know, self-worth, you know, lack of uh, self-belief and worthlessness, you know, when your time comes, when you pass, all of those things fall to the wayside and you'll realise at that moment that none of them ever really existed and that's just the way it will be. Life's too short to wait till that time. Life's too short to wait for that time. And I think it's the, it's great to speak to you and to hear that you're promoting this message and I'm promoting this message. And I know others now that are promoting this message. And I just encourage everybody out there listening to this now, you know, if there is that discontentment in you, you know, life can improve, it can be different. And you are not the madman and you are not the thoughts inside of your head. You can transcend all of it. It takes time discipline um you know and, and a certain amount of self-care and self-love you've got to like respect yourself and and des- and and not not it's not a belief you deserve better it's as simple as that you were born f- you were born for more you know it's not a case of we all have this purpose like we're all going to be millionaires it's all superficial but we are all here for a reason and we have all got something way much more to give than what our head is telling us and I've met so many people including yourself now that have proven it like categorically 100% conclusively with no dispute everyone that I you know I've met so many people that have transcended limited limiting beliefs so that proves that they weren't that so yeah <laughs> so can I ask you how do you start and end your day do you have any rituals to make sure that you have a healthy mind like like fitness for your mind and keep working that mind muscle yeah definitely I think I always um, in the first year again was just something I just decided to start to listen to motivational speakers Eric Thomas being like the main one an American guy the hip hop preacher and he really fired me up he kind of got me up off the sofa and he's quite like animated and he's like rah 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 and 
So I, know I like really connected with that at the time. But yeah, I just listening to good content every day. I listen to spiritual stuff, um, you know, stuff about the mind. I'm just constantly, constantly feeding the mind in in any way possible. Um, do you do gratitude? I promote. I I don't do gratitude. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I do a gratitude list. I'm not very good at sitting like and and like writing something. Like I do write, but I'm not good at doing anything like so regimented as such. I have more than ever before since this four years have a very very strong awareness of what I'm grateful for. And one of the things I always used to be grateful for, and this is going back to a young boy when I used to pray, because I always had this kind of like, like belief somewhere about something, and I didn't know necessarily exactly what it was. Call it God, whatever you want. But I used to just be thankful for my body. And, um, you know, I said something to Brandon Block because I got a painting on, on, on my side at home, which is an original by a guy that, that painted the picture with his mouth. And his story is incredible. And uh, he was a young guy, fit, and played rugby. And he severed his spine diving into the sea on a boys' holiday in Portugal. And he just just survived. You know, he just managed to accept. Uh, you know, not not immediately, of course. You know, he went through some dark, dark places, and 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 some. You know, he really had to overcome a hell of a lot. But he made the best out of his life what he could and now he does he does speaking he's written a book and he does these amazing amazing like one-off paintings with his mouth and um so i still like you know i still very very grateful for just for my body you know it's something that we we do take that so much for granted it's so interesting though that you were a child then and you felt grateful for your body yeah and then society and everything else and the fitness industry got to you and gave you beliefs that you weren't good enough and you needed to change exactly which is sad, sad to say, but I'm glad to be, you know, uh, separate from that now. And, and yeah, I, I think don't just outwardly, again, because I can say to some people, we'll do a gratitude list, I've got nothing, I'm in debt, I'm in this and that. I'm like, no, you're breathing, you're breathing, you've got your legs, you've got your hands, you're capable of changing that situation. And um, so, no, I'm, I'm absolutely all for gratitude and, and be thankful for the most obvious things, though. You know, you don't have to look. You shouldn't have to look mm. too deeply into even being thankful. You know, if you wake up in the morning, um, you know, you talk about, obviously, meditation. And when I when I realize, I think it is in the power of now, actually, and he says about breathing, and he says there's a point where the air comes in and it stops. And then as you breathe out, there's a point... At also again which it stops and if i ever one of those if, yeah if one of those didn't reverse it's game over and i was like wow yeah i've never really thought about that and so yeah just appreciating the air that you breathe you know it's, it's just small things I for me i also like that pause because life just stops for a moment mm, yeah it's powerful mm. yeah really powerful it was one of the one of the one of the, the biggest things. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny, I mean, for anyone listening, you see, I'm sure I had it. It's, it's like a world bestseller now, isn't it? But yeah, it is a it's a transformative book, and with such amazing, amazing knowledge in there and information, and and applicable. Mm. It, it's spiritual, but you don't have to be spiritual to even understand the power of that book at all. Mm. I don't think. I need to reread mine. I read it a long time ago. Yeah. It's one of them ones where, as you change and grow, you see different things oh, in it. Oh, gotcha. So as we're ending the show, mm-hmm. um, do you want to share with us how we can get in contact with you, if anyone wants to work with you, how they can do that? Yeah, well, I mean, the... And, and get hold of your videos as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All of the videos are um, youtube.com forward slash unstoppable mindset. 
and um, obviously all of information on talks and seminars and stuff that I do are always promoted via the Instagram and Facebook and Instagram is unstoppable mindset one and Facebook is unstoppable space mindset um, I do have a website as well which it, a lot of it needs updating to be fair but it's um, www.unstoppablemindset.co.uk but the main ones really are, I feel are Instagram and Facebook because everything that I do bits of writing and so on and like any talks that I do um, will always be up on there so yeah and, and, and the videos and the videos and as soon as we've got this onto a podcast I'll share it with you so you can put that on there as well 100% yeah 100% let's do it wicked wicked can't wait <laughs> thank you so much for being thank on the show thank you so much I've for really asking I've really enjoyed me. this conversation yeah it's been wicked man it's been wicked like I had my notes and then I just kind of like no it's been brilliant no spontaneous is the best <laughs> spontaneous yeah. is the best I knew it was going to be a good one yeah yeah thank you <laughs> thank you so much testing Hello.